0: Welcome to 12 minutes of dauntless commentary on widely unaccepted truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. So at the beginning of the year, my husband and I and my mother-in-law and some of our friends uh, decided we were going to do a new Bible plan, and it is a chronological plan, and none of us have ever done that before. Um if you didn't know this, our English Bibles are not in chronological order. So, yes. Anyways, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, we've been doing the Bible Recap plan on the Bible app and also listening to the podcast that go along with it with Terry Lee Cobble, and it's been amazing and I highly recommend it. But several weeks ago, we were in Psalms and it was there's Psalms some of the chapters are, are threaded into chapters of Second Samuel and everything. So you get like the timeline and, and the idea of when these Psalms were written. So it's been really cool. But a couple of weeks ago, we um, had Psalm 99 on our reading plan. And it really caught my attention. And so I want to share it with you today. Starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The strength of the king loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. That last verse after after saying all of these great and mighty things about God, about how he is enthroned above all peoples, his name is awesome and great and he is holy and he is perfect in his ways. It says, exalt him and worship at his footstool. Don't exalt him from afar, but come close enough to worship at his feet and when I heard that verse I automatically began thinking of in the New Testament when Jesus was came here as God in the flesh how people worshiped at his feet. There's multiple accounts about a woman who comes to his feet and and washes his feet with her tears and wipes them with her hair and anoints his feet with with precious ointment. You can find that in Luke 7 and in John 20. And you find her giving her worship. You, Showing her adoration and her affection at the feet of Jesus. It's like she knew I can get this close. Even though he's holy and he's perfect and he's so much better than me. I still have a place that I can get to and worship At his feet, he's okay with me being this close to him, even though I am a sinner, even though I have really nothing of value because what I'm about to pour on his feet and what I'm about to offer him in in anointing and in adoration is not even worthy of who he is. And yet, I can get that close. In Luke 17, we find the story of Jesus encountering the ten lepers And he tells them, go your way and show yourself to the priest. And as they go on their way, they are healed. And there is one, just one, who comes back. And where do we find him? At the feet of Jesus. Thanking Jesus, worshiping at his feet. And so when I heard that verse in Psalm and I automatically just thought of these of these stories in the New Testament when Jesus was there in the flesh and people found themselves at his feet, they fell at his feet to worship him. And I thought he's wanted that. He's wanted that for all time. God has always wanted people to be that close to him. Yes, he is exalted and he is holy and he is perfect, but there is a place at his feet that we are invited to to worship him to exalt him to love on him we can get close enough to worship him at his feet there's there's something incredible about that to think that the god of the universe who is perfect and i am not yet he has created this place so close to him that i can be there that i can get there and so Then I start thinking, how long has it been? How long has it been since I've evaluated my position? How long has it been since I've been close enough to worship at his feet? How long has it been since I've pushed everything aside and went boldly before the throne of grace? As it says in Hebrews chapter 4, how long has it been since I was bold enough to leave my seat at Sunday morning service and run to the altar and worship at his feet? feet how long has it been since i've just gotten quiet in a room all by myself for no other purpose than to sit at the feet of my savior and worship him how long has it been when have i taken that time to just get that close to get that quiet That's a hard thing to do sometimes with everything clamoring for our attention and and money and jobs and school and family and church and everything in this world that just every, every practical part of our daily lives, it's always needing attention. And then if we're not careful... Even when it is quiet, we find ourselves turning on the radio or turning on a, a TV show or turning on something to fill that quiet. So how long has it been since I left the nine of my friends that I've been with all of this time like that Samaritan leper and return to worship at the feet of Jesus? How long has it been since I decided that my adoration for Jesus needed to be shown even if everyone in the room was judgmental like the woman who who anointed the feet of jesus everyone in the room where she was said what in the world is this woman doing why is she that close to jesus does jesus not understand who she is but she did it anyways in spite of the murmurings in spite of the judgment she said i'm going to worship at the feet of jesus this is where i want to be I don't want to get so caught up in this life and so caught up in the things that I forget about that place that I'm invited to, to be that close, to exalt him, to lift him up, to be reminded of who I am in comparison to him, that I am nowhere near him, yet I can be near him. I will never be perfect. I will never have my own righteousness. The only righteousness that I have is filthy rags. And he imparts his righteousness to me. I owe everything that I am to him. But how long has it been since I just sat at his feet and loved on him? How long has it been since I just exalted him in that quiet place? Regardless of what else is going on. How long has it been since I got it from my seat and went to him. How long has it been since I removed myself from the chaos. And said, I just want to sit at your feet. I want to learn of you. I want to worship you. I want to sit in this place of, of quiet remembrance of what you've done for me. How long has it been? In Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42, we find a story and it says, now as they were traveling along, this is Jesus and his disciples. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then, he, then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Did you hear what he said? He said, One thing is necessary. Just one thing. So while I'm over here worried about my job and my school and my life and my relationships and my church and my family and all of these things. While I'm over here stressing about literally everything in my life. Jesus says there's one thing. There's just one thing that's necessary. And that's to sit at my feet and listen. To be that close to the Savior of my soul. There's one thing that is necessary just one thing and he says mary has chosen the good part and it shall not be taken away from her if we can ever find that quiet he's not going to kick us out if we can ever push past the things that are grasping for our attention clamoring all around us to get into that quiet place and sit at his feet he's not going to turn us away from learning him He's not going to turn us away when we seek him to be made into his image. He's not going to turn us away when we, when we open his word and say, teach me what this means. Show me how to apply this to my life. Let me learn of you. He's not ever going to turn us away because that's the one thing that's necessary. And I don't know about you, but thinking from the Old Testament where it calls us to worship at his footstool into the New Testament when we see God made flesh, having these encounters with people who worshiped at his feet, I am overcome. The the God, the living God is so faithful from generation to generation over centuries. He has invited people to sit at His feet, to learn of Him, to worship Him. And that just overcomes me with conviction, but it also overcomes me with a desire to get out of the place that I am and to find where He is, to sit at His feet, and to make that a daily occurrence, to make that something that I go after with all of my heart, that I pursue consistently, because that is the one thing that, that is necessary. He said one thing is necessary. And what was it? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. How long has it been since you saw the nail scars? How long has it been since you just stayed in his presence and worshiped him?